Hello, all of you beautiful people. Welcome back to Modern Day Hippies. Tay and Danita here, and we are ready to talk more about dreams. Today, we have a special guest from the West Coast who specializes in holistic healing and dream interpretation. So this is the second part of our dreaming episode, and we are so excited to get some insight from the dreaming Yoki herself, someone who has more knowledge than we do about dreaming and those interpretations and how it can be used to get a better understanding of what's actually going on in the mind. If you haven't listened to our previous episode, Little Dreamers, go listen to that now and then come back to this episode because we are so excited to dive into a little bit deeper into what we discussed. And if you have any questions or want to reach out to Melly, feel free to contact us at Modern Day Hippie Podcast or even reach out to her. Her handle is the underscore dreaming underscore yogi. We're really excited. Let's get in there. Let's listen. Let's dive right in. Dreams. Oh, oh, oh. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm good, thank you. Yay, this is so exciting. Hey. Still new to the Zoom thing. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Awesome. Well, this is Nelly. Thank you for joining Modern Day Hippies. Hey. Thank you for me. <laughs> so we previously did an episode based on dreams, just kind of basic information. And we're so happy to have you on here to kind of get a little bit deeper into what we talked about and more information on what you do and how it can definitely benefit our listeners. Oh, I'm excited to chat with you both today. Yay. So um, to start out, can you tell us more about uh, your career path and what led you to this role of dream interpreting today? Yes, of course. So I go by Melly, the dreaming yogi, and I started this in around 2015-ish. Um, I was starting to develop daily panic attacks and uh, suffered from agoraphobia, meaning the fear of leaving my home. So not to get too deep too fast, but here we are diving in. Um, and I started noticing that my dreams were reoccurring. So um, I had this fear every time I would wake up, but oddly enough, I was also suffering from insomnia. So I would sleep for a couple of hours, wake up startled, had this dream that kept nudging me and it was the same theme. And then, you know, a friend brought up how dreams are subconscious um, insights. And I just kind of took it from there. And just having that awareness of what the dream was trying to tell me shifted the dream for me. So it didn't just stop. It just started having a more positive outcome. And I saw it transform in front of me as I was doing the inner healing work. And, you know, I just became obsessed with it, left my engineering job and started doing this full time. (laughs) That's awesome. It's crazy that you had to go through that experience. And then like, you kind of came into your calling. Like, I feel like this is what you were meant to do, right? Do you feel that way? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, I enjoyed my job in the past, my, my former career, but it wasn't this, it didn't feel as fulfilling as it is now where I could talk about this all day, every day. And I do, yeah. um, but I also find that other holistic um, practitioners and entrepreneurs have similar experiences where they found their calling through finding their own healing journey and 
you know, that's what happened with me. So it's a lot more of a powerful why and why I keep doing this and helping other people who have also come to me for um, stress related issues. Right. So I think the next question is, can you tell us some more, what is the importance of dream work? Yeah. So dreams are your subconscious mind telling you what's important to you, your deepest desires, needs, all of that. So what happens is during the day, our conscious mind is what's running the show. So I don't know if you've ever had like an argument with someone or somebody says something and it kind of like stings a bit, but your, you know, inner voice is like, oh, they didn't mean it or you're overreacting or don't even bring it up. So we downplay how we're actually feeling. And when we go to sleep, the subconscious is what comes up and through imagery, it shows how you really felt um, so that we can, it's the highest form of self-awareness, but also it shows you what areas you need to work on. You can have problem solving ideas come through, creative ideas, messages from your inner self, because at the end of the day, we're the ones that know us best. So we just have to translate those dreams into uh, a message that we can then work with in our waking life. I feel like that makes so much sense. <laughs> Personally, I have a lot of vivid dreams and I'm like, I'm like, where did that come from? But totally it makes sense to like those emotions that I just like push aside and all of that. So I love it. I love that. It's a good explanation. So <laughs> you primarily work with people that are uh, sleep deprived and um, anxiety, correct? Yes. Um, so what are some strategies that you use for your clients and like other tactics that you, you know, like help to promote them and and have a good quality of sleep? Yeah. So I created a method called cosmic dream alchemy and I teach about this, but the process is definitely has to start with sleep because even if you are not dreaming, well, I need people dreaming and sleeping in order to interpret their dreams, but it's also so such a crucial part of our health to be able to sleep and regenerate our body, our mind and everything. Um, so what I suggest, I do use a lot of holistic tools um, and I craft them to the dreamer because not everybody believes in crystals or likes essential oils or wants to do yoga. So I've specialized in all of these areas to enhance the dream work. So it all comes back to the dream work. And so in a nutshell, what we do is I first um, guide them through techniques to help them sleep better and remember their dreams because not a lot of people remember. And if they do, we typically remember the dreams we had closest to when we wake up. But if you do some of these practices, then you remember like five or six or more, you know, and it, and it depends how vivid of a dreamer you are and how consistent you are. So I first suggest keeping a journal. And if you're having trouble remembering your dreams, even just writing didn't remember today, I'm going to try again tomorrow, you know, something to start programming the mind. And I also encourage people to write how they felt anyway, because if you've ever had a dream where you're upset at someone for something they did in the dream, and you see how that emotion carries on, and you're like, just moody the rest of the day, or upset with them, and they're like, innocent bystanders. Yeah, Um, like when your partner cheats on you. (laughs) I get the most often. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So we can see how the emotion of the dream affected the day, you know, and it goes the other way around too. So you can start with that, just journaling how you felt in the morning. And then, you know, I ask a lot of very 
skillful questions to get the dreamer to find that understanding. So I'm not putting my bias because when we look at dream dictionaries or Google, it's really from the point of view of the author. So I try, you know, I guide them to their own understanding. And then from there, then comes the coaching, which is like, okay, your subconscious said that this is the root of your anxiety. Now we craft the alchemy or the process to transform that in your waking life. And that's a combination of maybe oils, crystals, mudras, which are hand gestures. I have a lot of tools that depending on what the dreamer resonates more with, we, we work with. Awesome. That's so crazy. I just want to go back when you said that there's differences between people who are more like vivid dreamers rather than not. And I think going through this process, when we were trying to record our dreams, I had this crazy dream and I told Danita, I was like, we should record our dreams. And ever since then, I have not been able to dream. And then on the other hand, she's been voice recording all of these crazy dreams. And I'm just like, so blank. Like, I just don't remember anything unless it's maybe the one where it's like right before I wake up. And so I just haven't had any like, like significant dreams that I've remembered. And so I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And on that note, I I also want to mention that since our dreams are all connected to our emotions, sometimes you wake up and I've had this before where it's like, I have the dream at the tip of my like third eye, you know, it's right there and I can't really, it doesn't come out and I have a puppy or a doggy. He's kind of old, but he'll wake me up or something. So if you're jolted out, of your sleep, then it'll be hard to remember. You lose that recall within the first few minutes that you wake up. But if you add an extra layer of frustration and like force, you know, maybe because you wanted to do this podcast or you set the intention to record it, some people that'll be enough to start remembering more dreams mm-hmm. and others, you know, it's that extra pressure like that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So um, I do have a free workbook that I can send you all um, and link to you for three simple steps to really retain that yeah. dream recall. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. So going back to the, the cheating dreams, can you tell us more about those like detailed dreams or like the more common dreams that people have, for example, like falling in the air or like a partner cheating on you? Yeah. So falling That one's interesting. I I do the dream work connecting to your subconscious mind, but there's also a spiritual aspect that just kind of morphed into it as I was exploring it myself. Um, And there is two theories that you can go with, with the falling. The physical one is that our body has these muscle spasms and it's called hypnic jerk. So it just feels like it's falling and that's what jolts you awake. Um, and I don't know if you're referring to those types of dreams where you're, you trip and fall and then wake up right. or a dream where you're actually falling and the dream continues. I think I've had so, like both before. Yeah. Cause isn't it like the hip, is it hypnotic jerks or not? Yes. Yeah. Hypnotic jerks. Is that before you like really like in the process of falling asleep and like the non-REM sleep? Yes. There's like a, a muscle spasm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that happens every time. Uh, like before you sleep, you have that jerk of the body. Yeah. And on a spiritual side, which I prefer this theory, um, we all have dream guides similar to spirit guides, but they come to protect you and bring dreams for your healing at night. And the idea is that with those 
hypnic jerk moments. Uh, you're about to enter a nightmare or a dream that's not for your higher good. And it's like jolting you out more of the like woo woo spiritual type of thought, but yeah. I like it. <laughs> I mean, Hey, it kind of fits too, because if you are falling, let's say off a ledge of something <laughs> and your dream were to continue, you kind of think, well, what's going to be the end of that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you want to be woken up or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then as for like, let's say the, you did say that you kind of wake up and you get very emotional in some, like with some of the dreams. So like with the partner cheating on you scenario, how is there a way to control that? Or is there a reason behind those dreams? Yeah. So most people dreams aren't related to the actual person you're having the dream of. Although for the ex I, or ex or current um, boyfriend, it can be a sense of insecurity or something that you want to speak out that you haven't that brings up these dreams. So it's like having that clear communication of what's going on. Um, but people dreams usually represent a part of yourself. So a trait that you either are embodying either in the positive or the negative, you know, and your dream is bringing that up. So um, you would have to see all the other details of what exactly was happening and what the traits of that person is and how it can be related back to you, or, you know, maybe it's related to something else and it's, you felt cheated out of a job or something like that. Um, but with the boyfriends, those are really common because relationships are so emotionally attached that we have that fear and those insecurities are what comes up and brings in those cheating dreams. That makes sense. <laughs> that 100%. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And it can also be like not referring to like actual cheating it can be like, um, like I, I can't think of an example right now, but cheating is when they're with somebody else, betrayal, right? So some form of betrayal, that could have been something completely different, but it felt like that. It's just, they're not staying faithful, but it could be in any form of faith. It doesn't have to necessarily mean that they're like making out with somebody else, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So in the, the way the subconscious, um, delivers these messages through the imagery and the emotions. It's like, when, what, what, what example am I trying to give? Because I haven't had this one in a while, but yeah, like what you were saying, when they lie to you, it felt like if, like when so-and-so cheated or yeah. it felt so gut-wrenching as if he were to leave for someone else. Yeah. So it's like the example. Wow. <laughs> now I'm like thinking about everything. <laughs> Um, so do you have any, not to like get rid of, uh, you don't have to like spill all your secrets and stuff because people <laughs> should totally check out your blog and, you know, um, reach out to you, but do you have any recommendations for people who like want to, um, you know, sleep consistently throughout the night? And I know we kind of talked about like recalling their dreams by writing it down and stuff, but I don't know, some other kind of guidance for, for those people that are having sleep issues. Yeah, of course. And um, in the terms of secrets, I share them all in all of my resources. So if anybody has anything specific, I have, you know, a three-day challenge to help you with a nighttime ritual that's going to help with sleep as well. But that would be the first thing, like just really take inventory of what you're doing the last hour or two before sleep. Usually we're scrolling, which that blue light really affects us. And anything overstimulating in your mind. So I would start there with an actual 
routine, taking inventory first of what you're doing and what one small thing can you change to get you to that sleep? Because sometimes we want to make this whole drastic change where if you're sleeping at one in the morning and you're like, today I'm going to go to sleep at 9 p.m. and I'm going to you know, do all these changes and that's not realistic. So just check out what you're doing the last hour or two and make one small change. Um, and if you need more suggestions, I do also make essential oil blends. So if you have any lavender is a mild sedative that helps most people. And I say most because some have the opposite effects so you have to really know your body. Uh, but that's a really good one to just diffuse and, you know, take a few deep breaths um, can be part of your nighttime routine. You mentioned your um, essential oils. Are you currently still selling essential oils and all of that good stuff for people? Or is it just like, as it goes, like a pop-up shop type of theme or... Yeah, I have an online shop with dream enhancing tools. So dream catchers, essential oils. And what I do is, I don't have one with me right now, but it's, um, I infuse it with crystal chips and um, herbs and I can customize them for whatever they need. So usually some clients, we can use them for either to help them sleep, which is primarily, you know, the first step, but then also depending on what the dream reveals. So if they're dealing with some emotional distress I have an emotional balance blend. If they are feeling they need more confidence, I have a manifest blend, things like that. And I can customize too. I feel like a little chemist here combining. Yeah, no, it's so cool. yeah. And then it's also based on what the person likes because some people are sensitive or allergic to certain herbs. So um, yeah, I still have that. And it's, it's all on my website, thedreamyyogi.org. Cool. So for those essential oils, would you just like put some maybe like on the pillow or... So it depends on what it's for. Um, the, I, you, I make the roller bottles. So rolling them down your spine, yeah, or on the wrists. If it's more stress related, you can apply it behind your ear. Um, for sleep, I really like connecting them to the energetic body, the chakra system. So for sleep, it's good to put it on the soles of your feet and then just smell them and connect with them. You can also roll them on your palms, then rub your hands together and take yeah. a deep inhales and exhales with that oil. Very cool. Nice. Um, what are some things that you, how do you start your sessions with a lot of your clients? How does it begin? Um, and typically when do your clients say, okay, I think you've helped me and I can move forward. Yeah. So I'll, I'll add a little bit more to that as well. I typically find that most people come to me for dreams related to, um, when they think a dream is so disturbing, such as it was a car accident, a death, uh, something where they feel like, oh my God, is this a warning? Yeah. And uh, I always say prophetic dreams are a type of dream. And some people do have that ability, but they're very rare. And usually we'll, we'll start with the subconscious meaning, but I always like to see what their baseline is, meaning what is a normal quote unquote normal dream for them. Cause some people dream in, black and white, or it's more hazy, or they dream in first person. So then when you know that baseline, if there is a dream that's a little bit more heightened in the clarity, or, you know, now it's in color, you know, then we can see the different type of dream that it is, because that's going to affect the interpretation. And then um, we talk about the dream, and I break down the symbols to get their understanding of what that symbol represents to them, then connect the 
ask questions to connect those symbols to a current or past situation, usually within the last few days of the dream. Um, and then from there, you know, I help put it all together into what it could, it could possibly mean. The session won't end until we get that aha moment. Um, you know, that, that is the whole point that the dreamer, it makes sense to the dreamer. It can make sense to me all day long, but the dreamer, it needs to have that connection, right. that bridge between the dream and waking life. And I do follow up um, a few days after because if sometimes it takes a little bit longer to process. And I find that as we work through the dream that night or the nights shortly after the dream will shift in some type of way that'll bring more clarity. So that's why the follow-ups are important. And when they think that um, they no longer, usually within one session, yeah, always within that one session, they'll understand that one dream. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on if they're working on something bigger, like a set of reoccurring dreams and they're working through an actual um, like deeper anxiety. And it's like, what are the processes that, that we're taking? The dreams itself are what shows that the healing work is working when they have that dream where it's similar to the reoccurring dream, but it has a problem solving kind of closure resolution in the dream. And then they no longer have the dream. So. Wow. Yeah. What a process. That is a process. <laughs> but it's often because I feel like a lot of people do need that guidance. Um, I know like being someone that has such vivid dreams, I do wake up emotional. Like I sometimes will wake up crying and it's just like, I didn't even know, like, why am I crying? Like, what? <laughs> you know? And um, I think that there's definitely moments in people's lives where it's more traumatic than others and maybe they don't remember. And so then it's playing out in their dreams or whatever the case is. But to have someone like Melly, the dreaming yogi, <laughs> could be definitely <laughs> beneficial. Thank you. Um, kind of going off of that, so in our previous episode where we kind of just talked about the basic information on dreams, um, we kind of went over lucid dreaming, which I think is pretty interesting. And in this book that I read, it says less than 20% of the population can dream lucidly. Do you have any comments on lucid dreaming? I just, it's a very interesting for me. Yeah, I, I definitely have found that not many people can lucid dream on command, but I've seen that even myself, the more you work and with the dream, it becomes more possible. Like everybody has that capability. I firmly believe in, um, you just have to be consistent with it. And with lucid dreaming, that's something too, that for those of you out there who are really good at that. And if you're dealing with some type of emotion or suppressed emotion, the lucid dream can be so healing because you can control it. And since the mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not, you can put yourself in those scenarios that cause the anxiety or you need to find some kind of closure, find the closure in the dream, get that confidence. And in waking life, it's going to be that much easier because you've already done it. <laughs> in your we got an animal here. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> I know. I, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that has like, dreamed lucidly. So I was just fascinated by the fact that I didn't know that only maybe 20% or like, it's not as possible and it's not as on command for it mm -hmm. to be like, Oh, I'm in a dream and I can change the, the course yeah. of it, I guess. Another thing is sleep paralysis. I've experienced it once or twice and it's scary as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you think causes <laughs> sleep paralysis? 
in your yeah, in my opinion, and for, for me personally, it's been more when I have uh, that anxiety and I'm not shutting down my brain entirely because sleep paralysis, as we're sleeping, the brain stops sending signals to the body so that we're not acting out our dreams. I mean, I'm, I'm here being super adventurous in my dreams. It would be kind of crazy to actually be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, that'd be... Um, dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous. So that's what happens. So we're kind of in a sense, paralyzed already as we're sleeping, like not entirely, but in a sense. So what happens in sleep paralysis is your mind wakes up before the rest of your body and we freak out. And since we're in this limbo of not fully awake and not entirely asleep, that's where the hallucinations come out because your dream is kind of meshing into the waking life. Um, One time I had the sleep paralysis and I heard like a growling in the hallway and I was like oh my god the beast is coming and it was just my AC that was like oh, making noise yeah. that I knew of but um you know so that's how it messes with our brain and we get so scared because obviously if you're like seeing things first of all you know you're awake but you can't move that's really frightening so I just the only thing I recommend is just knowing this and just relaxing because it doesn't last for too yeah, long yeah. even though it feels like an eternity your body will catch up and will wake up after a few minutes or a few seconds. So um, I find that it's more that disturbed sleep where you're having a lot of anxiety or some external sound wakes you and you're in that limbo state. Wow. I'm lucky people that don't have to experience that haven't experienced that yet. Um, We kind of did a poll on our Instagram and I think about 67% said that they've experienced it at least once, which is kind of crazy. And I I don't know. I think once I experienced it the first time I like, I had no idea what was going on until like after the fact. And I was like, Whoa, like (laughs) I just experienced that. It was so scary. But one of my like um, craziest dreams, sorry, just, maybe we can touch on it a little bit (laughs) was just like waking up, but not really being awake, you know, like that situation. And so it was when I lived in my old apartment with a roommate, I was laying in my bed. I woke up from this dream, which was already kind of like a nightmare situation, woke up and I looked, my door was open and I looked in the hallway and it was just dark as if I was actually awake in my own home. And then all of a sudden, like a figure was coming out. And then like, I was trying to wake up again, but like, it was like hard. And so then I like, what, but I fi- eventually did. And I woke up like screaming and Mason goes like, well, are you okay? Like, but I was like, I'm not okay. Like I was like shaking because it was just, it felt so real. And so are, is that like kind of the same situation, like being under the stress or, or what is, what do you think? Similar, but I see that as like peeling the layers of the dream, kind of like maybe like Inception. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but we have go through so many dreams. And so you just woke up from one layer of the dream. Yeah. Yeah. That can happen too. If it's like an abruptly, someone disturbs you when you're in this mid, because if you think about it, as you record your dreams, sometimes dreams mesh together where it's like, I was in my home having dinner with my family. And then suddenly I'm, you know, right. Flying or whatever. Right. So the dreams are (laughs) meshing and it's just waking up from a level of it, like peeling the onion of that dream. Yeah. <laughs> but then it kind of sounds like you had a little bit of the paralysis if you couldn't like wake up as well. So yeah. And like, double <laughs> I know, seriously, I think during that point in my life, 
I was having a lot of dreams like that, which was just like really weird. And I mean, I still don't know why, but it's probably just, I'm sure there's something that's like there, which is crazy, but yeah. Well, Thank you so much. I think you answered a lot of our questions. I think we did a really good job and we might've gotten a little off track a little bit, but that's okay. That happens all the time. (laughs) Um, So I think one of like our last question that we have for you is what's something that we ask all of our guests that we've had on so far. Um, What does the term modern day hippie mean to you? Uh, Yeah, modern day hippie. Um, I consider that like a person who uses natural holistic tools or practices like alternative practices to reconnect with nature and work through modern day challenges that we're all facing now, but in a more holistic way, seeking that inner peace and wisdom. That's how I would see it. I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Um, So this is the Dreaming Yogi, Melly. So her website is thedreamingyogi.org. And then you can also find her at the underscore dreaming underscore yogi on Instagram. Thank you so much for having me here. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey guys! Thank you so much for listening to Modern Day Hippies. To help support our podcast, leave a five-star rating. It doesn't seem like much, but it means the most to us. Follow us on Instagram and visit our website at mdhpodcast.com. Leave any comments, suggestions, and questions in our connect box. We love you, Modern Day Hippies!